Hustle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition. Jeff, a little froggy this morning, but welcome in, man. Yeah, how's it going? It's going well. I uh, I walked outside and, you know, it's weird when you're not used to seeing fog and you're, you're used to, you know, a little bit of cold air hitting you in the face. And you walk out this morning and it's not cold at all. It's kind of, I don't want to say humid, but a little bit. Uh, and then uh, you look and you can't see the neighbor. Yeah, it was uh, pretty thick. Kind of weird. I was like, well, a cloud is over Maribel. Uh But, uh, but man, how you doing? It's uh, It's been a wild and crazy few days. Not a ton of, uh, I don't want to say active sports, but some news. Uh, yeah, there's around a lot of the, news floating around. Yeah, and, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's the caveat of no sports is uh, sports writers and sports people, they dig. They dig yep. a little deeper, and and uh, I ain't gonna lie. Some of it's uh, interesting for me because, again, as a fan, uh, you're always interested in uh, in parody. You're always interested in conflict, and uh, some things we're going to talk about today very much bring uh, that to the forefront. So, uh, did you see yesterday? Uh, uh, Max Preps released a favorite school in each high school, favorite high school in each state. I think I saw that picture. So uh, it, it was really cool because Blount County was well represented in the state of Tennessee. Uh, Alcoa was number five in the state, and the Red Rebels of Maryville were number one in the state. So they had a graph of the the, univer- or the United States. I'm about to say the uni- University of States, but the United States of America. And every state's picture, like the shape of, mm-hmm. was in the in the picture of of the logo of the school. And I mean, you look across it and uh, St. Thomas Aquinas of, of Florida or Hoover and Alabama and all these big, you know, juggernaut schools, all the Georgia schools, uh, cause you, you can just pick one. Uh, all those were represented in Tennessee had that power M for Maryville on there. And, and that just one, I think it speaks to Blount County. I mean, Maryville was number one and I think that's, that's a credit to them, but to, to have two in the top five, I mean, that's, that's Pretty amazing awesome. to have in one county uh, because there's there's 95 of them bad boys that they could have picked from yep. as far as 95 counties, and two of those top five came uh, in in Blunt County, and Alcoa was the highest ranked uh, uh, 4A squad or 3A squad. That's awesome. Uh, it, it, it was out, I think it was Maryville, uh, Ravenwood. Uh, there was some other bigger, you know, five and six A schools, and then Alcoa was right there uh, representing representing 3A. I, I think it was a I didn't look down the list again. When when your coverage comes at the top, you're, you're kind of happy right there. But uh, but I uh, I just think that's well represented. I think you look at the history since the year 2000, and and it would be hard to deny either one of those schools. So, oh, absolutely, I agree. So I uh, I loved it. I got to see that. Just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Uh, also, a little little teaser, I guess you will. The next two days are going to be pretty fun on this show. Uh, here in just about 20 minutes, uh, we're going to have Andrew Morgan. Uh, from 10 Talks blog spot that uh, talks about Tennessee uh, sports, talks a little bit about recruiting, and uh, we'll talk to him about how he stayed busy 
uh, during the pandemic, but also want to talk to him about what this 2021 class looks like and his thoughts on uh, a very, very full quarterback room. And then tomorrow, uh, tomorrow with Booner, uh, Junior Tillett uh, is going to call in and, and do a full show with us. Uh, Junior was recently named Daily Times Top 50 Athletes from Blunt County, 1960 to 1990. He was a William Blunt governor and then an East Tennessee State Buccaneer. Uh, so he's had some some fun times. And honestly, uh, you, you look back uh, talking with Mr. J. Ward because, you know, he's between he and Boone, I feel like a Blunt County encyclopedia could be built. That is 100% um, correct. <laughs> I think between those two, we could totally make one. But uh, uh, Junior Tillett uh, had some really good years at William Blunt, and, and, and honestly, just some pieces missing around him uh, if he wouldn't have moved well on up that list. But noted as a top 50 player in that 30-year window, I think it's a big achievement for him, and we just want to kind of break down what it looked like early days for Junior and then what his time uh, at ETSU and what some big games in his career was. So a couple big days uh, here on the horizon for, uh, for Rocky Top Sports for the grind. Yeah, man, that sounds good. Making it happen right here. When no sports happen, we find more. You know, and that's the thing. That's that's how you bridge the gap. You dig in there. You find some 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 people you want to talk to. Bring out some stuff to the surface and you, get it out there. You know, everybody asks me at work, like, because I don't know anybody knows this other than the people we do work with. But Jeff and I work together on our daily grind. We we work together as well. And people come up to me all the time, and they're like, "Are you still talking sports?" <laughs> and I'm like. Well, that just kind of told me that you don't follow me on Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> but I said, uh, I said, yeah, yeah, ain't missed a day. He said, what are you talking about? I was like, well, you can find it on our website. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't plug the. I'm just like, you know, you just dig in there deep. You, you add some new topics. And honestly, I bet you I've learned more about sports, especially Blunt County sports, uh, since I've been off than I probably had the other three and a half years I was We talked about here. sports and sports accessories. Yeah, because we're, uh, we're for the work. <laughs> For the working man, because that's, that's who right. we are and who we care about. That's exactly right. Oh, man, that's awesome. But one of the big stories today, uh, Zion Williamson. You know, the lawsuit that's been kind of back and forth with he and his uh, his promotion company and all that, or his former yeah. promotion company, um, has kind of been swirling. And, you know, it's kind of a little messy situation because, of course, they want a piece of that Zion pie, and he he's trying to cut them out. So... Uh, one of the big things now is is he has been asked to somewhat divulge and incriminate uh, his former stop in Duke, the University of Duke, Blue Devils, or Duke University, Duke University, Duke. Um, Blue Devils, uh, in the fact that he may have, may have allegedly uh, gotten uh, impermissible benefits uh, from the Blue Devils. And and I think, here's the, here's the backstory on that. If, if you'd have said... I don't know. I'm trying to think of a basketball. Kansas. I mean, obviously, they've been incriminated for a long time now. Uh, they were one of those spearheads in the initial. Uh, but Duke had kind of went kind of in quietly. Uh, this would be their first NCAA sanction, should anything come of it, in 50 years. Wow. This would be the first time Mike Krzyzewski had ever been deposed. They're I really mean, good at hiding it. They, well, <laughs> ask North Carolina. They're, they're really good at it, too. Ooh. But... Anyway, somewhere hips is upset at you. No, he knows where I'm at on that. He knows exactly. It's all. It goes all the way back to Bruce Pearl's barbecue. Like that will forever, forever. The blue bloods will be nothing to me. That's <laughs> fair. Anyway, so so what I'm saying is is is. In my understanding, is it's his attorney asking him to admit. 
Yeah. So so in my mind, that tells you it's true. It's just whether he will will verbalize that and put that on. There. Yes. So the, from what I read, the request is that you need to own up to or perjure yourself that you received and your family received this and this and this and this <laughs> and this. And and that, that ranges from like yeah, gifts money from gifts boosters to, to to perks from shoe companies and there's a, there's a laundry list of things. And I think that's kind of where it's at right now is that gauntlet was thrown down and that's where the stories are at. So so basically, Mark Schleybaugh released a story on ESPN. If you want to go get it, he wrote it on Mar- or on May the 10th. Uh, it says, Zion Williamson asked to admit parents received money gifts from Duke, Nike, and Adidas. Uh, attorneys representing Zion Williamson, former marketing uh, representative, uh, says the New Orleans Pelicans star needs to admit that his mother and stepfather demanded and received gifts, money, and other benefits from persons acting on behalf of Adidas, Nike, and also from people associated with Duke. That also influenced him to go sign with the Blue Devils and wear Nike or Adidas products. Williamson, who played one season at Duke before becoming the number one overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft, sued Gina Ford and Prime Sports back in June of 2019 in an attempt to terminate his marketing agreement with her company. Williamson's attorney claimed the new contract was in violation of North Carolina's Uniform Athlete Agents Act because Prime Sports is not certified by the NBA Players Association nor a registered athlete agent in North Carolina or Florida. Uh, Ford and Prime Sports Marketing sued Williamson, a creative artist agency, and two of its employees in a Florida court the same month, alleging CAA interfered with Prime Sports' deal with Williamson and that he breached their five-year contract. The lawsuit seeks $100 million in punitive damages. In a filing with Miami-Dade County Court, Ford's attorney asked Williamson to admit that several statements were true, including uh, Sharonda Sampson, Williamson's mother, and Lee Anderson, his stepfather, demanded and received gifts from uh, Nike, Uh, Adidas and Duke University directly and or indirectly uh, to influence him to attend the university. Uh, Samson and Anderson demanded and received gifts uh, from Nike and Adidas also to to get him to go to Duke. And then also uh, before becoming a student at Duke, Williamson or persons acting on his behalf, i.e. mother and stepfather, accepted benefits from an NCAA certified agent that are not expressly permitted by the NCAA legislation. So all of those things would heavily incriminate the uh, the Big Blue. And Big Blue by Big Duke Blue, not Big uh, Kentucky Blue. Uh, but I, I feel like whether it comes down to him incriminating or not, the fact that this is lingering out there opens the door, opens that gothic door at Duke University for things to get looked at. Yeah, I, I look at this in, in a couple different ways, and one of them is that she she probably thinks that this may all get tossed out, that none of this is gonna is gonna go the distance, and they're gonna get owed any money. So what she's doing is she's she's taking everybody down with her. She's gonna sink that ship, and she's taking down 
anybody and everybody that she can grab a hold of and hug and go under the water with. I'll tell you who you go get if you want to win. Uh, the Kardashian? I was going to say that B, Carol Basket. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and so I, I'm i very interested to see how this plays out because I don't see how Kentucky come, or Duke, Duke comes out of this clean. Here, here's the thing. It's, it's all about where the allegiance lies. Uh, I think if Zion wants his $100 million to stay in his pocket and really wants to win, he's about to bury one. Yeah. He's about to take down one of the most – and this is arguable. Again, Kips may disagree with me here, but arguably over the last, say, say 40 years, just over the last 40 years, maybe let's, yeah, yeah, heck, because that goes back to 80. Let's say the last 30 years, because that takes Dean Smith completely out of the North Carolina window. Uh, let's say in the last 30 years, by far, the most prestigious, the most consistent, the most aggressive, the most fundamentally sound, back home basketball program you're ever going to see is Duke University. You look at, we went there, uh, myself, Jason Ward, Booner, and Hips went to a Duke basketball game, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the things that are in there is, is like it was for the last 30 years. And, and honestly, the thought was, is that was a clean whistle. Is that was a, that was a situation to where they do it the way you should do it, and everybody else are these rogue, you know, Nap, you know, just just problematic kids, right? You know what I'm saying. And, and with that being said, the fact that this could and possibly will lead to some NCAA investigation, Mike Shashevsky's de- deposition, possibly, it just tarnishes that a little bit. I mean, it's kind of like on a on a very different scale and for very different circumstances. I mean, one, I kind of went when Zion went to Duke, I went. That's a little high profile for Duke. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this isn't your Tyler Hansborough, you, you know, even though he went to North Carolina. But this isn't your your typical one-and-done Duke guy. You know what I'm saying? This is a monster. This is a superstar. I fully expected him to be in Kentucky blue. Take that for what you will. Right. I expected them to do what it took to get him, period. Them or Kansas. Because they've been known – to understand what they need to do and get it done. And so, for that matter, when he showed up at Duke, I went, oh, their checkbook must have had one more zero. (laughs) I remember saying that a couple years ago, knowing that he was a one-and-donner, knowing that he was going to be great. And just the question was, was were they going to win a national championship with him? That that was the end question for me. Not not did he get there clean, not was he going to be a good student, but it was are they going to win a national championship with him. And so for all this to kind of unfold, I, I mean, is it a chink in the NCAA's armor in the fact that is anybody clean anymore? Or is it just, uh, you know, it, it's a lady? You know, kind of on the flip script, uh, are, are these fabricated comments? Are, is, this, uh, is this irrelevant? Is this even going to stick? Or is it just something we talk about on a Thursday? I, I think all of those are valid questions. I, I think the, the, the biggest question is probably what you said. Is this a chink in the NCAA's armor? Is anybody clean? I don't think so. I think there's a lot going on, and I think it's too much for them to, to police everything. And I think especially when it comes to basketball, people are in and out so fast that by the time they're out, do they even care anymore? 
So, so I will say she, she being the uh, the one against Zion Williamson, does have a little feather in her hat in the fact that in a in an investigation into the impermissible benefits from Adidas across NCAA sports, there was a, a wiretapped phone conversation uh, that that did say about Zion Williamson's recruiting. Hey, between me and you, you know. She asked me for some stuff. Miss Anderson asked me for some stuff, you know. And I said, well, well, we'll just talk about that after you decide. So, again, the door is cracked. Yeah. There's no deadbolt on this door of, of is it going to blow open, what's it going to mean for Duke, and then how, how are they going to respond? Because I, I'm not saying that there's a lot of skeletons in their closet. But, I mean, ask, um, you, you know, ask anybody that's been on NCAA – uh, violations like Tennessee, for example, and I don't know why, but like if you ever if just say NCAA violations and you're going to hear a Bruce Pearl uh, barbecue story because it, it just is what it is. <laughs> like Aaron Kraft, I believe was his name. He went to Ohio State, ended up going to Ohio State. We never got him. Bruce Pearl got a, a two three year show cause. We had to we we fired him. Uh, we ended up going a different path and having to basically end up with Donnie Tyndall to finally figure out that we needed a really good coach and Rick Barnes just happened to get fired by by Texas that they just happened to make a bad call out there out their way but to me you only need one this i mean honestly if this unfolds that there was some some impermissible actions by Duke one it throws to question all the great players they've had over the last 20 30 years and two it tarnishes what is a legacy for Coach K, and and I'm not saying that he's not still a great coach because again, uh, you know Alabama went under some some uh, some some sanctions at times with with Gene Stallings, with Bear Bryant, uh, and, and different things, and it's kind of like I've always said with NASCAR. I think you've got to play close to the cuff. I think there's a, there's a fine fine line, and I'm not I'm not advocating for cheating. I, I want that to be clear, but I do say, you know what I'm saying in NASCAR. If uh, if if the winner's going to run low pressure in his tires, I I'm going to run low pressure in my tires. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And and the thing is, if you fail post race inspection one time, well, well, because you weren't trying to win. Yeah. Because again, and, and it's a, it's a it's a it's a conscious effort that's been bred into NCAA and and sports in general. Uh, people don't they don't they don't get paid or they don't keep their jobs based around the variety that sits at the concession stand. No. They don't get paid, unfortunately. Now, it's, it's written into the contract in some ways, but they don't get paid on the, the lifelong academic success of student-athletes. <laughs> they get paid by wins and losses. Well, they get paid by wins. They get cut because of losses. Exactly. And so, to me, it's a culture that's driven from the one who's very much trying to smack the hand. So it's, it's a very volatile situation and, and one that I don't think – We'll ever understand on this show, nor will will probably the ones prosecuting and doing the deal with Zion's going to understand. But I think this is another one of those notches in the ever-evolving where does the line stop, who's clean, who's not conversation. And I think that ends up being the biggest question is, you know, you look at Duke and you'd mentioned that they, you know, they, they appear clean for how many years, traditional, blah, 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 blah. And this happens – and now they're you know everybody's looking into them. What other programs are like this? Does that open the door for anybody and everybody? 
I think so. I mean, and and it's just it goes back to the football days, and and you know, just discussions I've had with different coaches, different players. It's one of those if you, if you believe that it's not happening at any rate, I would say you're somewhat delusional. Yep, I agree. But I would say if 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 everybody was rogue bandits, I would also say you were probably delusional. There there's varying degrees at anything. You know, does uh you know does somebody get uh get a little free pass at a used car lot at a small school maybe does uh you know but then when that escalates to to a duke to a kentucky to a whatever not only are you getting uh no down payment but you're getting uh no payment yes uh you know you're not only getting uh a tutor for this particular class uh you're getting uh i'll just take this class for you you go have fun buddy at at a different place so i think i think it's all about checks and balances it's about you know keeping things in check but it just like I said when I saw this I understood Zion and, and the 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 level that he was and the fact that he went to Duke it was one of two things he was either really a good dude and I, I don't disagree that that may be the case he's just a really good dude that wanted a really good one-year education and wanted to get to the league wanted to play for a traditional power that's all possible and that's still on the table but some information says that there's some text messages some some level of understanding that he got more than $35,000 worth of stuff he and his parents and his stepmother and his stepfather over the course of that one year now how how permissible is some of that stuff and how impermissible is for the NCAA to decide but i just think it draws to question when anybody goes anywhere and again that talks about Tennessee as well what questions does that raise how do we talk about that and what what does how do you how do you verify? How do you make sure that a booster's not doing something on your behalf? How how you how you keep that clean? I think I think that's the world we live in. What would they be able to do to Zion now? To Zion, very little. Right. I mean, they could. They, I mean, because he he basically damaged his amateur status. Well, he's in the league now. Exactly. Duh. It doesn't matter. He's gone. No, it's very much. It's very much in the lap of of Duke and and my, and Coach K. That's what I thought. So no, no. I mean, I mean, I think he could lose hundred million dollars to this lady in the suit, but as far as eligibility or something like that, they may even take away wins that he got in college. But uh, I'm pretty sure if he ever makes it to the NBA Hall of Fame, he's probably not going to put his Duke record on there. No. Anyway, but let's take us a break. Listen to these great sponsors here at 6:25 or just a touch later. Andrew Morgan from 10 Talks is going to come in, check in, and talk a little Tennessee recruiting and Tennessee's quarterback situation heading into fall 2020. We'll talk it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Rule King is your headquarters for power equipment like Bad Boy Mowers. Rule King and Bad Boy are excited to be a part of the great American comeback. And like America, Bad Boys are built to last. The Bad Boy Magnum 54-inch zero-turn mower is available for just $38.79. There's never been a better time to buy a Bad Boy. Check out the financing options on Bad Boys and other power equipment at your neighborhood Rural King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. Carm Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and Carm Stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. 
I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre, and we're grinding it out here on a Thursday edition. Jeff, as promised, I got a little treat here as we've we've brought in a ringer, a little bit of a, a Tennessee blogger, a Tennessee uh, fanatic, if you will, Andrew Morgan from Ten Talks Blogspot. Uh, Andrew, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? Hey, man, we can't we can't complain. The fog's a little rough this morning, but man, we made it. They don't listen to me when I complain, anyways. <laughs> Hey man, what what about these vols, man? Uh, I've been I've been kind of following you. The last one you dropped, Tennessee's hot. Uh, back on uh, on May the fourth, man. I I think they've heated up since then. Oh yeah, yeah. They uh, have uh, some chances to get some big uh, players here in the co- next coming weeks. Uh, uh, next month, uh, Mar- uh, five star London is set to commit, and then uh, we'll probably get a commitment this weekend with a three star tight end. Miles Campbell. So, so Tennessee, if I if I remember right or, or have looked correctly, they've got about four spots left, and they've got a few months to to cover that ground. I mean, are we are we getting to a tipping point to where we're still in on some big names, and we could see some fluctuation at the bottom of this this recruiting class? Hey, yeah, uh, unfortunately, some of those uh, lower guys will probably be asked to move on. Uh, you hate to see it in college football, but that's how it is. Um, but I think they will keep that some of those three stars they're they're highly recruited, so I doubt they will cut them like, um i think I think that's a really interesting uh take because really uh when you look at Tennessee's class it's it's pretty deep as far as you know some of those three stars have an opportunity their senior year to get that fourth one and some of those fours to get their fifth uh so i I'm really. I'm intrigued as to the balance here because again, you, you see a ton of quarterbacks on this on this take, and you see a room that's getting pretty full. But then at the other positions, I mean, you're seeing some depth be added as well. So uh, I, I like what Pruitt's done. And do you think do you think this success in this off period is a byproduct of the 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 I guess the the steam that he put on at the end of last season, or is is this something that just they're just bang up recruiters, and between Brian Niedermeyer and uh, Jeremy Pruitt, they can close the deal. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I, don't, I don't think if you saw the success of last year that we'd have this, and I don't think if you didn't have the recruiters that we have now, uh, we wouldn't have this either. In it. So, so what's a uh, what's a? Uh, I mean, of course, with 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 sports kind of being shut down. Uh, what what is uh what's Ten Talk been doing uh, since kind of its inception just a few months ago? All right, just trying to get updated stats. Uh, that's what I want my blog to be about. Uh, I always had an interest on like who's the top rated player. So I'm just trying to get like information about that. Like I just released information about the top ten uh, quarterbacks of the last decade. So you're kind of doing the same thing we're doing. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell Pretty you, much. Uh, fan, fan base. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you've uh, if you've been listening lately, but uh, I, I've learned more about about sports, Blunt County sports, local sports, Tennessee sports, in probably the last two months than I, than I may have had in the last ten years. Because you just you got to dig because it's not readily available. It's uh it's maybe a kickback to to how it used to be. Uh, Boone Boone can speak to that every now and again. Yeah. Oh, but uh, uh, you know Tennessee's added a few new recruiters. We talk about you know the kind of the evolution that's been since he's gotten here. The coaching staff under Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, this most recent addition, you get Jay Graham, you get Jimmy Brumbaugh, uh, you, you get a couple uh, Shelton Felton, uh, 
uh, which to me is like the coolest coaching name uh, that we've got right now. But uh, they keep adding recruiters. Uh, but do, do you think, again, kind of kind of blogging across the, the topic, do you think – do you think there's – is there a point to where you tip that scale a little bit? You need to keep some coaching and, and maybe maybe balance that with recruiting? Or or is it kind of get the guys here and we can get them up? Well, see, uh, I thought about this, too. Uh, some of the recruiters, uh, like Jeremy Pruitt, he's a great recruiter, uh, but he can coach, too. Uh, Derek Ansley, great recruiter. And he at wherever he's go, he had developed defensive back. Um, now the outlier is Joe Olsen. We don't have really any clue about him yet, as he has not had a D one head coach or coaching job. Um, yeah, I think there needs to be a fine line of coaching and recruiting. I think Tennessee's like right there. I think they can recruit at the highest levels, obviously, and. Uh, Coaching, I think, is still there. Yeah, I, th- I think you you you've seen them do a little bit of a dance. I mean, I, I feel like at the running back position, uh, you know, Jay Graham's an upgrade at recruiter and probably an upgrade at coach, and and maybe not as big of an upgrade at recruiter because David Johnson was knocking it out pretty well. But I think as a rec- as a coach, he well has more pedigree. Uh, of developing, you know, either either top SEC running backs, top ACC running backs, and then ultimately uh, Cam Akers got drafted just a few weeks ago, and that was an early. Uh, he was he was kind of the foundation in college uh, for Cam Akers there at Florida State. Oh yeah, uh, and I, I, like you said, I think Jay Graham's a far better uh, coaching than uh, the guy before him. Yeah, and, and and all all credit to him. I mean, you know, I thought he did some really nice things in that running back room. But yeah, I, I think to get a, a VFL back and and to kind of get Jay Graham in there, there's a, there's an upgrade. Now, the one coaching, I don't want to say decline because I don't know much about Jimmy Brumbaugh's uh, coaching prowess or or what he's. I haven't seen big names that he's developed. But again, a, a younger younger side of coaching, it's kind of hard to get those names yet. But uh, I think he is he is an uptick in recruiting because. Uh, and his name's escaping me for whatever reason. But the coach before him at defensive line was a really, really good developer, but was noted for really not liking to hit the recruiting trail. And I think Jeremy Pruitt said, uh, "Well, the rubber's got to meet the road," and and uh, he hit the road and he headed to to South Carolina. Yeah, I think that's one thing Pruitt is actually. That's like the number one thing on his list is if you're not a recruiter, then he don't want you. <laughs> and uh, that's what he right now. That's all he cares about. So, how how much do you think it plays into them when they're recruiting that they can look at some of these players and say, if you want to play now, you come here, as opposed to sitting on the bench and waiting until your junior and senior year at, say, like in Alabama? I mean, it's huge. I mean, uh, so, I mean, some of these players want to play right away. That's what you see them talk about. They want to play. Right now, they don't want to have to sit behind other so, players. So, or, do you think some like, of the schools like Alabama and Clemson, the, their success is starting to help other schools gain success on the recruiting trail? I don't uh, I think uh, players still want to win championships too. I think if uh, that's the whole reason why they go to Clemson, Alabama, that's why you see all these stars. That's why you see them consistently have top five classes. 
because they want to win championships too, but they want a player out of the way, and there's a fine line. Like, okay, they probably give up. Okay, I might have to see a year or two, but if I can win a championship, I can go win a championship. Exactly. Right. And, and I think I think different players and different experiences mean different things. Uh, like a running back that's kind of got dinged up in, in high school, you know, maybe has had a knee surgery already. Well, if he goes to an Alabama, he gets to be a second or third back, you know, gets a few carries, but gets to show that he's good enough to go to the league and probably gets drafted. Whereas if he, he's had some injuries, he goes to a, 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 let's just say, a less equipped school and he's got to be the stud puppy. Well, it may be a sophomore year, and he's had a second knee surgery. <laughs> Wisconsin, yeah, yeah, maybe a Wisconsin. But uh, you know, I think I think that plays into it too. Is is really mileage on the tires? Where is he going to get the best bang for his buck? Exposure, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, kind of Andrew, and I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but from a recruiting standpoint, the situation that's going on in the country today, the the unknown uh, look at the fall, is that. Does that help or hurt Tennessee on the recruiting trail? To me, you know, I, I see recruits that commit in, in April and May, and I'm like, well, that's great, but we're still going to have to perform in the fall to, to make him have that feel good, I'm going to stick with Tennessee. But if, if there's a delay in the start of football, does that help or hurt the Vols as far as the momentum they've got going right now? I mean, I, I, thought, I thought about this. Be no coaches fired this season. If there's only half the season, I think that'd be the first time in years that ever happened. Right. So uh, I just <laughs> if there's a, I mean, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be slight chance that we might only play like five or six games this year. Um, but I mean, if we have a bad season, like if we have the whole season, if we only if we have a bad season like we did last year with our first four games. That would definitely hurt. You saw it hurt us last year, this past class, as Tennessee missed out on top recruits, even though we did have that winning streak. Yeah, and and I'm sure people are recruiting against us as far as talking about that 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 momentum that we gained, talking about the opponents on the back end of the schedule and, and how that, that it kind of lightened up. Well, it wasn't any lighter than it was the first two games. It, it was a different football team the back <laughs> half of that season, so – I'm a, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of, you know, get on the field and let's, let's see what we can do. Because again, I think, I think kind of to your comment, uh, people that want to play right now want to play right now. And if they see a struggle that may almost validate their point, like I can come in here and make a difference. So I think there's two sides to that coin, but I mean, it's a real world we're living in. Are you, are you hearing anything about like, especially in the Southeastern conference realm, uh, I've heard everything from an October start date uh, I've heard of a of a situation to where it's an o- a conference only uh, season, and and there's literally looks at playing a home and home series within the same year uh, with a team. You know, i.e. two Tennessee Kentucky games, i.e. two Iron Bowls. Uh, the situation that's a that's a far fetched idea. But have you heard anything about when when and if this thing's going to get off the ground in 2020? Yeah, I mean, I honestly also heard that they might move the season up until like uh, July. Um, I'm, I'm game. If they stay away from the winter, but from this stuff, um, which if that's going to happen, we need to they they'll need to make a decision here soon for the players can get back and um, prepare because they don't it takes more than just one or two weeks to prepare. Well, and unfortunately, uh, we can send video to the guys all we want. Uh, about how to work out with milk yeah. jugs and, and, and how to do push-ups <laughs> off two-by-fours and stuff. But, but 
you know there's been cats there that that's really they've watched Game of Thrones every season all over again and and run through about three bags of Cheetos. I don't know this by experience. I'm just saying. Uh, but you know that those things have happened and people have. Uh, Let's just say stayed maybe out of the weight room as much as they would have had they been in Knoxville. They've developed moon pie face. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. But uh, but but I you know I heard from a guy and and I'll just you know, kind of leave leave some anonymity out there. But uh, uh, he plays for an ACC school, and uh, his coach has said the thought is is October start uh, actually start of the season. So there would be some fall camp maybe in September. But uh, it would be an eight-game season. Hmm. Now, again, it didn't say conference only. It didn't say whatever. It didn't say, do we just cut the front half and just play what's left? I, but that's that's been the 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 word from his coaching staff. And so, again, that's an ACC school may have no bearing on the con- they may you know we may silo this thing up and and kind of have a conference by conference uh, kind of season limit bowl games kind of kind of do some weird things but i've heard everything from that from to what kind of what you were saying a july start with uh with a with a limited uh cold weather season because uh you don't want you don't want this virus to to kind of ramp back up in the cold months because i think the second wave they say it should be uh in october is what they're projecting yeah and then uh what you're saying with october what i've also if it is starting october what they do is they've canceled like all the september games so we won't see a florida or oklahoma and then the other two games are non-conference or the other two games are the lower non-conference teams that we play uh, i mean here i gotta love hate with no florida on a schedule i'll just be honest with you <laughs> more more I love mean, than hate <laughs> yeah that's that's a tough game to pass up because well, I, yeah, because I kind of want to play it. Exactly. I mean, it, it, my thought's always been, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. Oh, but we're not putting – I mean, in the hierarchy oh, okay. of – Yeah. They're, they're, right. Georgia's later in the season, too, so, I mean, at least we'd, we'd kind of yeah. salvage that a little bit. But Alabama. Jeff put Florida in the best category. You, you always make the comment that to beat – that you can't talk until you beat you Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. Yes, yeah, but they're the bronze on that on that stand. I mean, they're not gold or silver on my stand. They still make the podium. Well, that's for lack of <laughs> options, buddy. <laughs> that's for lack of consistent <laughs> options. It's either that or am I going to put Missouri, Kentucky, or Vandy ahead of them? Probably not. Depends. D- depends. Did they beat you last year or not? They did. Those three did not. <laughs> Those then three did go. not. You can't. Oh, uh, but anyway. Jeffy, Jeffy's got a little little mountaineer in him, so that's why he's a little peppy. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, Andrew, man, it's it's always fun talking with you, and, and cool that we finally got you on the air. But hey, these last few minutes here, tell people how they can find your blog, where you're listed on Facebook, kind of get your name out there, man. Uh, yeah, you can uh, find me at kentalks.com, T-E-N-N-T-A-L-K-S.com. And you can find me at... Uh, Ten Talks on Facebook and then uh, Ten Talker on Twitter. Oh, nice, nice. So you got Twitter, Facebook, and you got your website again. Ten Talks dot com. T e n n t a l k s dot com. Catch him on Ten Talks on Facebook and Ten Talker on Twitter. Andrew, thanks for calling in, man. We'll do it again. Uh, always fun talking Tennessee ball. All right, thanks, bud. Thanks for having me. Hey, have a good day, man. You too, bud. See you. 
Jeff, we better get to a break. Andrew's always fun talking to him, man. He, yeah, that was can, awesome. You can tell, like he's he gets in there. He, he's he's passionate about it. And and again, you need to check out some of his blogs. Talking early in May about the heat of Tennessee recruiting, and then again, he said he's going to drop some here shortly about some some t- statistical things. That's a that's a fun one. Statistical things, and uh, and get get some good good comments out there. But follow him on Facebook again. Ten talks. T e n n talks. And also check him out on his website, 10talks.com. So let's get to a break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, Start Bench Cut, Thursday edition, Fun Field. You don't want to miss it. We'll, we'll be right back. Jeff and Wayne on the grind. We'll be right back. a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work, or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Rural King continues to provide the essential livestock supplies your farms need. 
A cool, wet spring followed by sudden warm weather can mean the grass in your pasture may grow so fast it fails to pull the magnesium up that your herd needs. Country Road High Mag Mineral Blocks with 13.5% magnesium are just $15.99 each. You can order online at RuleKing.com and pick up in store. Protect your livestock for the lowest prices every day at Rule King, America's farm and home store. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre. Man, what about Andrew Morgan killing it right there? Like he, I tell you, if you need a, a you want a fan perspective blog, check him out. He, yeah. it's, it's good stuff. It's, you know, you, you know, it's, it's kind of like me. If you, if you want, if you want professional, it may not be where you need to come, but I'll say you, you're never going to, there's not a ton of sugar coating that goes on in studio. That's that's left for donuts. That's right. And, and so we uh, we we try to shoot it straight. And I think Andrew does the same thing. What? But he likes the orange tinted glasses. And you know I'm a big fan of of orange tinted glasses. But uh, you guys can share the same pair then. Well, that's well. I mean, you can't share anything now. COVID, <laughs> you know, COVID rules. Well, you got to clean it first. Yeah, sanitize. Never tell you about that on air. Probably not. But I'm going to now. So Neilan, my 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 youngest, he's five. But and he, and he probably doesn't say it like this anymore, but it's still like the only way I'll ever say it again. So hand sanitizer. You would think like for a three, four-year-old, it's probably a toughie. Mm, yeah. Hand sanitizer. I mean, for, for a really a rural, yeah, there's another toughie. Uh, a tough word for Southern folk is hand sanitizer or things that must be enunciated really well. Sure. And so anyway, when he was like three years old, we said hand sanitizer, and that's when you know he's at that age where he's just repeating. Like it's like, oh, baseball, and then it's just one word, little thingies. Well, anyway, he tried to say hand sanitizer, and it came out ham sanitizer. And so from that point on, even to this day, now that we're, you know it's kind of a thing, you know, wash your hands, sanitize, sneeze, wash your hands, sanitize, uh, you know, rub your nose, wash your hands, sanitize. You know, there's a whole deal. So I have a. Uh, a I've got like everybody at work calling it ham sanitizer now. Ham sanitizer. I mean, it just you can't. It's like bubbles. You can't say that and not smile. Yeah, you that's can't true. say ham sanitizer and not smile. Yeah. But uh, anyway, start bench cut Thursday edition. We're gonna kind of. <laughs> and again, I'm a knocker of these new uniforms. If you, if anybody is any questions, uh, I'll send you what I sent <laughs> Jeff last night about. Uh, another Atlanta's new uniforms look like the the old FUBU jerseys, and uh, I'm not sure that the Rams are much much different. Uh, I think anytime your number fades one color to the other, uh, that's just weird. Yeah. Just weird. So start bench cut. Rams uniforms are more like CFL uniforms, XFL uniforms, or Arena League uniforms. I'm gonna go with 
I'm gonna. Have you have you seen them? Like I know you've seen them, but did you did you like really look at them? Like there is some really cool things that they wasted money on that like nobody's ever gonna know. Like on the number, like there's like the little like so it's a flat number and like there's the little ram horn kind of in the number, and that's really cool if the number didn't look like you know I made it. <laughs> you know I. You didn't notice that till right now, no, did you? No, I didn't. And you're not gonna. You could be in the front row of their stadium well, and not see it. I, I had to go back and look at it again when you sent me the FUBU because <laughs> I didn't realize that the number transitioned. I thought it was just white, and so when I saw that the number transitioned, I was see. like, oh, "Why would you do that?" I, see, it's about those details, man. So now that being said, I st- I still liked them. I, I don't care for the all white. Yeah, I, what's gray? It's like a weird oh, gray. little little mock I gray. See, it makes me even like it less. See, I'm I'm a big fan of the all navy or royal whatever that they're co- going to call it. I call it that color rush because that's what it looked like to me was color rush. And then you had the the two tone, the white and yellow. I think it looks good. I don't care for the transitioning 20, the fubu. So for me, I I I start that it looks kind of like I th- I, I liked all the XFL unis. Ah, good point. They good they point. were they were really good for the most part, outside of some crazy colors. So I'm gonna start arena, bench CFL, and cut the XFL. As you, for what they look like, you started XFL or arena. Yeah, because bench CFL Rams uniforms are like. Yes, so I went arena, CFL, CFL, XFL. XFL. I can't I can't disagree. My my opinion is 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 you could put those uniforms on a team called the Bank City Bombers or something, and yes. it's the same thing. Yeah, or, or you know whatever it could be the Busters or whatever. To me, they're going to share a stadium with the Chargers, and the Rams horn could be misconstrued as a bolt. Oh, they didn't think that through at all. Yeah, not at all. I mean, it's even same color scheme, which is good for the 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 field crew because they just have changed names, not colors. But right, but. I just think arena is where you see the wild and crazy. It's the it's the cheap of the cheap, and the transition numbers kind of can can work. The CFL, uh, they're they're bright and crazy. I mean, there's some names that are just wild, wild and out there. Edmonton Eskimos, the 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 uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. You know the uh, I, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's one of my favorites. Is that a is that a play on the Winnipeg Jets? Maybe, maybe I, I'm not sure. That sounds like a – but it is. But and, and then, like you said, the XFL, uh, the only ones that I was a little like, woo, like somebody made these jerseys in a dark room was Tampa. I felt like yeah. those were bright and crazy. But I, I give them as much credit about creativity as, as I have in a long, long time. But uh, I, I go with your order. I think it's, I think it's really, really good. Uh, we haven't done movies in a while, so we're going to cut the food category today and go to movies. And I think this one, I mean, for me, was tough. This is hard. For was very tough because better cop movies. And again, when I say cop movies, I'm not saying like storyline because I mean I think you can. There's different levels in what I'm going to give you. I think it's just had enough cop, had some good comedy, but had really good actors in it. And we're going to go Beverly Hills Cop. Lethal Weapon or Die Hard. Start now, one, bench one, cut one. The preface to this is I love all of them. Oh yeah. But there are some that hold a special place for me. So I start Beverly Hills Cop. I bench Lethal Weapon and I cut Whew. Die Hard. I was really okay. Good. Like I'm like if we match again, like this is going to be the lamest segment ever. Uh. So 
Give me, give me like your little background. We got like four minutes. We got so for me, I, that was an era of Eddie Murphy that I loved. Everything he did, I loved. Everything, and even then, like Raw and Delirious. I mean, they were epic. And then Lethal Weapon was another one that they've not made a bad Lethal Weapon ever. Die Hard, the first like two, even with a Vengeance, I loved. I've not seen the last one. But to me, it got to the same point where it was like, well, only this one guy in the entire planet in the United States can do anything about this. <laughs> right. And it's Bruce Willis. Right. It, it's almost the Fast and Furious treatment. Yeah. Yeah. And when cars start flying, it's kind of weird. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm starting Beverly Hills Cop just because there's more comedy in it. And, and just, yeah, Eddie Murphy. Like, here's the deal. Axel Foley is a thing. Like, that song comes on and you don't think about, oh, man, that's just, that's cool. No, no, you think Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. So that's that's where I feel like that's a cult following kind of movie. And there was really three good ones, and, and the storylines kind of was funny. I'm going to bench Die Hard, and it's for Live Free or Die Hard, The I think the finale there. And that's when uh, he takes the police car, jumps the culvert, and hits the helicopter. And they said, you just took out a helicopter with a police car. And he goes, yeah, I run out of bullets. <laughs> and I'm like, that's legit. Like that's that's off the shoulder like comedy that only like you know Bruce Willis. I don't know if you ever seen the Last Boy Scout mm-hmm. or uh, oh there was another movie. I think that was it. The Last Boy Scout. It, it's it's one that's got Damon Wayans and it's it, you need to watch it. It's a pretty good movie. But anyway, he just has that dry like smart aleck humor that's just funny. And then I'm cutting Lethal Weapon just because uh, I, I feel like uh, even even uh, how was it. It was Mel Gibson, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why my mind wanted not, it not to be, but Mel Gibson would even take that mullet back. I think they're making another one. Yeah, well, from what I've heard. Well, if he can grow the mullet, they need to. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's my start bench cut, and it's just lethal weapon. I watched, you know, just a couple times, uh, but but both Beverly Hills Cop and Die Hard. Like Die Hard is to me a Christmas movie, so it comes back out almost on a yearly basis. But then the last start bench cut we got about a minute and a half is what is going to happen first. I feel like that's I mean, we can say in any order we want to right here or 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 we can flip it as I guess the only way it could happen is about nine different ways. But we can flip this any way we want and maybe be right. But what can happen first here in 2020? Duke basketball's in trouble, college football happens on schedule or Carol Baskin gets arrested. I'm probably gonna go with. Let Duke. me know, kitties and kittens. <laughs> yeah, hey, big all cats you and cats and kittens. <laughs> uh, Duke basketball gets in trouble. That B Carol Baskin gets arrested, <laughs> or college football happens on schedule. That's so that that's order, my order. That order. But yeah, and I think that's probably that's probably fair. And honestly, actually, I'm gonna probably switch it again. I'm gonna say probably there's a better chance of Carol Baskin getting arrested than us playing college foot or than than us playing on time. I think so too. And so I I don't know. I was gonna go the opposite. I was gonna say no college football probably go on time before big cats and kittens get took down. <laughs> but but you know who knows who knows things can happen. You know Joe Exotic he uh, kind of got that Lloyd Christmas look going on in uh, in jail. So uh, we'll see if he uh, he gets his uh, gets his party back together. And and what was that? What was his name? Jeff Lowe? You know, Jeff Lowe might have some uh, yeah. some woodwork. Yeah. And then yeah. there's that big guy that just narked on everybody. Yeah, that guy too. Yeah. I mean, that, that that whole cast deserves a reunion of some sort. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? 
Like we would have to have the Joe Exotic TV like theme music because they've all the burned time. each other or or Joe in yeah. some form or fashion. Honestly, it uh, it it that show extended my trust issues. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> I was like, is anybody loyal? Does no. anybody care? And the answer is no, people. If you ain't watched it, you should. You'll be glad you did. It's it's eight episodes you'll never get back, but it's worth a try. But, hey, as we, we've hit the timeline. Don't miss Jason Swain at the top of the hour. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. <laughs>